worship team. Uh, it's really good to be home, to be in my church. I've been away for a few sat Sundays, but it's always so good to come back. I really, really value this. I value all of you. I'm happy to see my sister here. When the church started, we have been together, and then God led her somewhere else, and I stayed here. God gave me a lot of mercy and grace and strength. It's really good that um, years pass by, but it's really comforting to meet these people who you were with in the beginning you started church you were together and you is you still see them faithful serving god and doing his work and they didn't go anywhere and today i'm gonna continue this series of sermon about trust about trust in god and we were talking about what uh, harms, what destroys the trust in, in, in God or in people in our lives. But today I'm going to talk how to restore, how to rebuild the trust. Raise your hand if you at least once have dis been disappointed in someone in your life. Raise your hands, all of you. I think all of us can raise our hands um, if we're truly honest and think. Um, who we have the most struggle in our lives to live with, and it's just I think the most difficult is with our family members with your ha um wife, husband, with your church, your workplace, those who are really close and near you every single day, you face them. And <clears throat> disappointment is really natural and it's completely normal. And God is trying to teach us how to deal with disappointment, how to um, approach it in a godly way. Do not be discouraged if you experience such feelings. Um, we are going to uh, touch a few uh, aspects of when this disappointment comes in our lives. So the first one is when we're full of uh, uh, expectations, uh, dreams, and illusions. But I don't want to put illusion and dream on the same uh, plate, but sometimes it's a very thin line. And because we as people tend to think of a lot of unrealistic ideas or illusions. Those who have been married, for example, who are married now, um, raise your hand if you 
understood in your first years that you missed uh, points, that that's not what you thought it's going to be like. That's not what you expected. Who has thought that, oh, this person is not the right for me? Probably I made a mistake, probably mm, something's wrong. We're doing something wrong. Um, you thought, okay, this person is a Christian, and he had these perfect ideas about what it's going to be like. So, But then you wake up and there's this person next to you with all his, his flaws and his um, annoying habits, maybe. You wanted this man who helps in the household, helps with the dishes, um, brings flowers and constantly say compliments. Uh, he will be the head of the family, uh, spiritual leader, praying for the family um, and talking about wives, what you men expect. It's wife, always beautiful, always happy, always greeting you with joy and smile on her face. The dinner is ready when you come after a long day. Um, but it's not always like that. And we have to face this reality that it can't be like this all the time. And the sooner we accept it and understand, the easier it will be for us to accept the other person and live in peace with one another and not to see this as unhappy marriage, rather see it as normal marriage with challenges um, and not to straight away think of running away from this relationship, but work together. And the same thing for me as a leader of the church, I had a lot of ideas about what a perfect church looks like, how it operates, and how people treat one another as Christians. But I thought it's going to be this perfect community of perfect people coming together and in love. But it happens that people hurt one another, say something, uh, say something hurtful. Maybe there are some disagreements, some arguments as well. And as soon as you realize that you were full of illusions, it's just going to be easier for you. And you will shatter some illusions and some, yeah, you will come into this freedom um, not to expect too much and not to condemn other people. It's just also this, these ideas that make us too controlling, too trying to hold everything in our own hands and work according to our plan. Again, coming back to the family, uh, 
to the marriage, we all had probably some expectations and illusions. I know I need to talk to you a, lo a lot about this topic because I don't feel it's addressed to enough and we will probably have a course separately about marriage, about relationship and we will discuss what we expected and how to deal with these expectations that probably not all of them have been fulfilled. Maybe you have ideas that my husband is not like that. He's not standing here on the stage. He's not a big man of God, um, spiritual man who prays for family and he is bringing them to God, closer to God. You want this spiritual man. Um, I know when talking to women that they want this from a Christian man and they talk to each other and share this um, expectation and they pray for the husbands. They are creating plans how to make them more spiritual, how to how to, yeah, influence them. But you know, all these desires and wishes for the other person is nothing wrong in them. But when we are trying to create schemes, plans, when we take too much control in our own hands uh, to influence another person, and it kind of overtakes you, overtakes your life, then we can easily not work together with God. And, and a lot of the times when people face control, they put this block, they put this resistance, and they say, who are you? Are you God? Are you God to tell me how should I be? What should I do? And we as people see others and we tend to judge them on their outside, on their on their decisions, their behavior, their uh, choices, just basically outer appearance and we probably can sometimes miss the work God is doing in their hearts, what is happening in their hearts. And I have from my personal life experience that definitely people will resist you if you try to <clears throat> control them and um, influence them in, uh, in the way that you want them to behave and be. Sometimes we think, okay, we can act wisely, we can very subtly um, influence our partner. When I, but my husband, he saw that I have been um, 
trying to influence him somehow and it's as a principle a lot of people just start acting from principle that they will not do by pressure by force by control but they want it to come from their hearts and their own decision and this is how it is that our illusions, ambitions, our own self has to die many times in order to come back to this simple, true trust and honesty and just accepting one another and letting, just letting the other person be and go and move and uh, realize things on their own course, on their own time. And you allow God as well to do His work in their hearts. God knows what path they have to walk, what uh, challenges they have to face in order to do that work in their hearts. Um, in order, God is working with all of us individually and Many times, by trying to influence, control, um, we can only um, get in the way of God, get in the way of God and the other person. We have to learn to trust God, to trust that He knows. He knows. We can just pray, pray for that work of God to be fully finished, fully complete in the other person's life. I again want to say that it's okay to communicate to one another. Let's say we agree on some household chores and uh, how to raise children, some practical skills. I'm not saying that we should not say uh, things to each other. And when we notice, yes, we point out things. Um, but I'm talking about this overly controlling uh, behavior when we put almost uh, the, the expectations and illusions and hopes towards the other person that they feel like the um, it's just too hard, it's too difficult to reach, and that they always feel not good enough, not satisfying you, never good. Um, they can almost lose motivation to, to try when there would be always con control and uh, com uh, complaining. You know that God will work with your heart individually as well through these situations. Maybe something is uncomfortable for you. God can also use that situation you don't like, maybe another person's character, behavior. Um, God can also do change your heart through that and set you free from being too dependent on the other person to mm, that your mood your emotions will only depend on what that person does or doesn't do and um, who wanted to be for example also when you thought about career or 
the career of your children, and we also imagine what we want them to become: dancers,、um, musicians, something grand, some something spectacular. And for example, I really dreamed of playing a piano. I had this neighbor who heard me practicing, and she could. She was always had to put plugs in her ears, and I remember my mom took me to a class to piano courses, and I remember they said, "You are late. You already missed the beginning of the, the courses in your age group. Now you need to. We can only accept you to play accordion."、Um, Harm. I don't remember how is it in English. That instrument. But yes, I took the challenge, and I really didn't like it. The other instrument. It didn't give me joy and that euphoria that I thought I will experience, and I just gave up. I left behind this dream completely. And remember, <laughs> remembering this dream, when I、uh, had my first son born, and he was、um, for the age、uh, appropriate to learn, I guess what I did, I took him to the piano lessons. I didn't really.、Um, See if he likes it or not, if it's for him. But I felt like it's gonna be good for him, and I just acted acted upon this、uh, idea that it's an amazing thing to do. And I saw him trying hard. I saw him struggling. He he did he did he did all right. But I remember very clearly when. One day he came to me and said, "Mom, this is your dream. This is not my dream." I was encouraging him a lot, and I felt really almost offended that I couldn't even hear what he's trying to tell me. But I had this voice encouraging me: "Just try to to hear what your son is saying, what he's trying to tell you." I realized that it was truly my dream and my ambition. And if we would force it onto other people, our children, it can really destroy the. We we can destroy people's lives with being too harsh, being too, just putting some dream of our own on other people. Okay, I. Agreed that he will not do it if he doesn't want. But then my daughter has been born. It's good to have more children than one, because it feels like okay. There's another blank white page of life. Every healthy human being. If we are pressuring them, if they feel forced, they will resist, and they will have their own strong opinion, their own feeling of self that they want to make their own life choices. 
and it sh should always be a signal that maybe we're too harsh, maybe we're too demanding. And okay, my daughter, I also signed her up for the classes, for the piano lessons. I thought, okay, maybe she will love it. Maybe it's for her. It has to be in the genes. It has to pass over that line uh, in the family. Someone must love it. Um, okay, she played for a few years. No, it's the same thing. She she said, no, that's I can't do this. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. So it just shows that we as people are always trying to achieve something. We have ideas. It's okay we try. It's okay to try. Again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't sign your children for for some kind of practices, sports or music or art. It's okay to try. But again, if we need to see them as individuals and hear them what they really want and what are they good at. And if we read from Proverbs 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. Wait and trust in Him. He knows what to do. And He will guide your ways. He will guide your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. And as well, from Jeremiah 29.11, it says, I know the plans I have for you. I have plans for your... I have plans to benefit you and not to harm you. And I hope with the future... And the hope in the future, hopeful future for your life. It's encouraging to see that God wants a future with hope in our lives. He knows what's good for us. He knows what we need, and He knows how to take us there. How many times something looked really bad in the situation, not according to how you imagine, how you wanted, how you dreamed of, but when you look back into that day, into that period of life, you thought, okay, it really led me to where I am now. It really, it was what I needed then. I just didn't see it back then, the way I can see it from this perspective. Another thing that really can destroy our trust in other people and it really is a big thing, is things that have been done wrong towards you. It's bad things people do for you. They betrayed you, they harmed you, they did something because they wanted to harm you. They did things behind your back. And maybe people uh, in your family had addictions, 
and they didn't realize how they were with their own behavior. They were harming and destroying you as well. And all these things truly left a wound. They truly harmed you. They they were so painful. And naturally, we can become angry and bitter towards these people. But God is always encouraging us to forgive, to have a forgiving heart. God says, forgive others as I have forgiven you. I have forgiven your sins. I have forgiven your weaknesses. It's a choice we have to make. It's a state of mind, state of heart that I choose to forgive, even though uh, maybe you don't, even though maybe your emotions are saying otherwise. But this choice to forgive as you have been forgiven. Have you been in the situation when you accidentally shut the car doors and your your fingers have been stuck and imagine your partner shut the door if you did it for yourself as well the first thing that comes to us naturally is is judgment how could I do why am I so um, distracted why am I so silly or if someone else does for you, then you're thinking, oh, how unattentive are you? Why can't you notice? Why can't you be more attentive? Um, in the Gospel of Matthew 7, it says, do not judge, so you, you are not judged as well. And with a judgment, you judge others, so you will be judged as well. We sometimes judge uh, others and we feel we can because we are not like them. We are comparing and saying, for example, oh, I could never do something like that. But we never know. We can't be so proud and boasting that we are unable because we don't know. And we always have to guard and pray that we do not fall into temptation because people can be weak and circumstances happen. God is encouraging us to stand and always be aware of, always um, guard our hearts. It's a constant action. How to rebuild trust? because you can destroy it in one second. You can destroy it in a day. But how to restore it, how to rebuild trust towards someone who hurt you, who disappointed you? I want to say clearly that you can only restore the trust in someone, let's say your children, husband or wife, your friends, you can only build this trust back only through trusting in God, only through trusting God Himself in your life. Um, 
I think for us as humans, it would be impossible in our own effort, just magically, quickly restore the trust in others. Um, without God, it, I don't think it's possible. Without the strength God gives us, I don't think we could do that just to, to trust again. Um, in Bible, in the Bible, God is encouraging us to allow Him to build your trust in people. Because first of all, I think we have to build a trust in God and then we can also then trust in others because He is equally working in other people's hearts. And we, if we all are connected to Him, God will also unite us and build our relationships to be one in Him and love and trust one another. Because if we remain in this um, unforgiveness, we become cold-hearted. We can shut our hearts and isolate ourselves from people just in order to protect our hearts and not to let anyone in so we are not hurt again. So it can also make us paranoid and always check things, always suspect other people. We always project some kind of negative ideas, negative um, scenarios, what the person is doing, even though it's not true. It's all happening in our minds because of out of that pain, our out of that um, not being able to trust. And God wants to lead us out of this. He is telling us, trust in me, I will heal your heart, I will restore your heart, and I will restore your trust in me and trust in others. Um, if you or someone else is, for example, struggling with some addictions, some bad habits, again, the secret, the first action, first choice you have to do is go to God, is acknowledge that you need Him, that you need the Holy Spirit to guide you, to show you step by step what to do every single day um, in order to lead you, to guide you into freedom, into liberation. Because out of your own effort, out of your own strength, you can only fail. Maybe when you only trust in yourself, When you truly listen to God, when you're um, opening your ear towards what God is telling you, how to behave in every situation, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of trial, 
When you have trust in God, you will have the perfect peace. God will hold you. God will comfort you and He will talk to you that I have this in my own hands. God is saying, I have, I am holding this situation in my hands. I have you in my own hands and I will carry you through this. Just be calm and be in peace. I'm giving you peace. And you don't have to worry. You don't have to just run around, lose your head, and just trying to control everything with your own effort. Um, and this guidance, this support of the Holy Spirit is available to everyone who seeks, to everyone who asks. And I'm going to stop here, and we will continue the next time on more aspects. And I truly thank you, God, that your desire for us is freedom, is happiness, is perfect peace. I pray for those people who have been hurt, who lost their trust in others, in you, God. They have been captured into into chains of control, chains of trying to influence others too much and hold everything with their, their, with their own hands. I pray for every single person in such situation to make that step, make that choice, just decide to tell you, God, that they want to change, they want to trust you again, they want to cry out for your help, just to open up their hearts saying, I'm tired of this loneliness, of this trying to run and chase things and control others, trying to hold everything with my own hands. I want to truly live again. I want to have that perfect peace. I want to have that perfect trust that you have plans for us. You know what's best for us. And you're leading us into that. I pray, God, that you teach us how to trust, how to walk in trust. Trust you, Holy Spirit, that every single day you will talk to us, you will give us prompts of what to do, what to choose. And every time we are guarded, we are protected, we are surrounded by a perfect peace and calm, knowing that you hold us in your hands, that you will not leave us in the bad situations and maybe something bad happened, maybe others hurt you, maybe your marriage broke down and you thought, I'm never going through this again, I'm never opening my heart to other people and you just 
put this huge wall um, between you and people. And it's not God. It's not God who did it. It's your pain. It's your your suffering. Um, God never wants you to isolate. Never wants you to be isolating from other people. And again, He is encouraging us to love, to open our hearts for love. This honest, true. Trusting love. I pray, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're building and restoring families, marriages, relationships, community, our church, that you are guiding and leading us into love, into trust, into forgiveness, into opening our hearts with honesty. And if you feel like you still have something against others, against someone, the trust has been destroyed.